my joy is her joy, is his joy, and our joy to share. Welcome back to Woo Woo in the Real World. Becky and I are so excited for today's guest, um, Vasiliki Lagudis. Amazing, but also known as Teaching Spirit. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today because this season is all about how, first of all, Becky and I are just so passionate about uh, normalizing what we call woo-woo experiences of spirit, right? Or those soul whispers or your heart just sort of tugging on you saying there's something more or there's this deeper knowing that maybe has come up for um, for a person like us or listening out there. Um, and you just don't know what to do about it, right? And so we're about, hey, let's coax that out. Let's create some space. Let's create some stillness and let's listen to those whispers and let's share those stories about, well, when we listen to those whispers, this is what happened, right? And sometimes it's really kind of dark and messy, and sometimes it's very mm -hmm. joyful and uplifting, but it's all part of the journey, right? Yes. Um, and so before we kind of kick it off, and I know um, we do want to get down to some, you know, really awesome brass tactics, um, but you call yourself a modern medicine woman. And for our listeners out there, um, I just wanted to kind of go through who we're talking to today so that you have some facts and background on Vesaliki. Um, she is the founder and visionary behind Teaching Spirit, which is a multifaceted business that focuses on really helping others um, to heal and transform their lives. Um, you have retreat centers, for example. Um, you've been in this world of spirituality and spiritual development and healing for, I think, over 30 years. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And, you know, in this time um, that you've been a healer, you use your wisdom to also mentor other healers from around the globe and supporting their healing abilities, disseminating their work and helping them to fulfill their dreams so that they can also go out and help others and heal others as well, which I love that part of your mission so much. Um, and I love what you also have um, in your bio that all healing begins with connecting and healing your spirit. Mm -hmm. And isn't that so true, right? Um, as a medicine woman, you use your knowledge and your warm, fun-loving personality to help your clients with nature, spirit, and body. And having had a couple of sessions with you now, um, I can absolutely attest to just how incredible and how varied your experience is, right? And, and the different elements and modalities that you pull into a session based on a person's spirit and where they are in their journey, right? Which is very cool. Um, and your retreat centers are really uh, spiritual sanctuaries. You have two in New York, right? And one in Florida? Yes, and one in Athens, Greece. Yeah. So um, Athens, Greece. Wow. Of course you do. You're Greek. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband's Greek, but yeah. Okay. Um, and even diving into your background, like you've even owned a nightclub. Like, hello. <laughs> I, you know, I joke about, I say all the time, more healing gets done in a nightclub than it does in a, in, in a healing center. Yeah. So we're going to unpack all of this. I mean, your life is so interesting, so varied and how each of those components has really prepared you not only for your journey, but, um, to, to really answer the call of the medicine woman. Right. And, and so that's what we want to talk about. So, um, let's just kick it off with, um, yesterday, Becky and I were having this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. About, um, I don't know how it even started, but the, the point that came up was, cause I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I literally have maybe two baby pictures of myself, right? One, mm -hmm. when I was like nine or six months old. And then one, when I was about four or five, right. Huh? And, um, that one, the, the one where I'm like four or five is a, a big image for me and traveling back to that moment, right? Of being 
that child and doing a lot of healing work with that child. Right. And, but the thing that came up is what were you doing? What was I doing? What were you doing? What was Becky doing? And that's what we were talking about when we were like five years old, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you talk about your life's purpose or getting to your life's purpose, what you did then is who you are. And, and oftentimes we forget, right? Because life is life and, and we're brought up a certain way and we, then we, you know, we're in the system and in society and mm-hmm. we're doing things to please others or because society says we have to do something a certain way when actually when we start to remember that little child and what she was doing. And so that's what Becky and I were talking about, because we've just done this collaboration together on um, some invocations and guided meditations that we're going to be releasing. And that process felt like two five-year-olds just totally Mm -hmm. having fun and look what we made in our sandbox together. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And there was something I was reading about you, which is why I'm bringing it up because I want you to talk about it. That basically, you know, in this humble beginning that you had, which is very much, I felt very, it resonated for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you basically like your mother basically called you a lawn ornament, right? Because you would just sit outside and you would just stare at people and you would just watch people. Right. Mm. So before we dive into like your work and what you're doing now, tell us about little girl Vasiliki. Okay. So, um, when I was five years old, (laughs) I was playing out in the woods picking berries, spending the whole day, even younger than five, out out there with what I now call my guides. Back then, my mom called them my imaginary friends, but they taught me what berries to eat. They they, they taught me what, what, what leaves to pick, what leaves not to touch. And, um, you know, so I joke with people all the time. I had imaginary friends when I was five, and they're still here with me now, except we changed them. We changed the name. We call them guides. And we mm. all had that ability when, at least when we were born until you were maybe two or three. I was lucky enough that my mom was too busy to tell me they weren't real and to go away. She said, oh good, they're keeping her quiet. Just leave her right there. So, so what happens is societal beliefs take away our connection to our higher selves, to our guides, to that other realm. And even if your parents aren't doing it every day from when you're a small child, you're being told not to trust or believe in yourself. When you're born, you cry, you're hungry, and they say, wait, it's not two hours yet, but I know I'm hungry, right? So it starts from a ve- it starts at birth. So all of these things that we've been taught as parents to do with our children is what we have to undo as adults today when we let our spirit be free and we trust in our spirit and we live what I call our essential values instead of core beliefs, Mm. then, then we really are connected to the authentic self, to who we are. You know, people will say, people that know me say all the time, how do you stay so happy? (laughs) I I stay happy because I'm living, I'm living my truth. And everyone can live your truth. You don't have to be a medicine woman to live your truth. You don't have to be a healer to live your truth. To live your truth is to wake up every day and say, what am I doing today that's gonna make me happy? What am I grateful for today? And so many things, which I call our stories, right? So we, our whole life is a book and we, it's a storybook but each one is just a chapter. And sometimes we can get stuck in one of those chapters. And when you get stuck in a chapter, you can't write the next chapter, or you keep dragging that same old story into your other chapters. So when you work with your spirit and you, and, and you really go inward and you say, hey, wait a minute, whose life am I living anyway? Ooh, that's if, such a good question. <laughs> when we live based on what we've been taught, we're living our parents' life. When we live what our teachers taught us, we're living our teacher's life, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone has an agenda. Even we have an agenda. When you let go of the agendas and you say, hey, wait a minute, 
What is feeding my soul? How do I feed my soul? This is what a medicine person does. They work with your spirit. Your spirit's what gets you through that illness. Your spirit's what gets you through that divorce. Your spirit's what makes you everything that you are, but yet we're, we're never taught to invest in your spirit. If anything, you're told, quiet it down, calm that light, calm down. Don't be so happy. Think of, people will think bad things about you. What are you talking about? Right? So when we stop and we say, okay, wait a minute, I've learned how to take care of my physical body. I at least know a little bit about my emotions, right? Not much, but we know a little bit. We know about our mind, but what do we really know about our spirit? And what do we do each day to feed our spirit? Mm. As that five-year-old, you were in a sandbox. As a five-year-old, I was out in the woods picking berries and living life like I was the queen, <laughs> right? So what, what is going to bring that happiness back for you now? Now that you're not that five-year-old, what makes you happy? And how much of that do you do each day? Yeah. If you love, if you love morning, how often do you get up early? If you love nighttime, how many times do you go out and see the moon? These are simple little changes that you can make to change your story. Then you start working yeah. on what are my essential values? You know, I have a whole process that I go through with you where you figure out these are my core beliefs, right? We have these core beliefs where we don't realize, yeah, that's my belief. But is that your belief? Where did it come from? How does it serve you? And does it still serve you? And if it doesn't, what beliefs do serve you? You know, I have this, this uh, plaque hanging up in my kitchen that says, I want a life as good as my children, right? We all say, oh, I just want my children to have a better life than me. Why? I want a life as good as them. Okay? <laughs> That's my essential value. So these are the little things when we work with your spirit. They sound so simple, but yet they can be life-changing when you realize that you have the power to change your story when you start working on knowing what's essential to you. You know, yeah. if being with family and friends is essential, but you're a workaholic, you're not living your essential values. You're living the belief that you'll be happy when you have money. So you have to start to say, well, what do I do to get both? Doesn't mean you ever have to give something up. Hmm. It's just change the belief around it so you know what's essential. Yeah. I love that so much focus on the story because that's something that Tammy and I are really zeroing in on this season in particular about mm -hmm. sharing people's stories. I think we learn so much from each other's stories and each other's journeys mm -hmm. and the contours there because we are all trying to just remember, you know, be remembered to that child who we were, you know, so unencumbered and so free of spirit. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we're really focusing on and we're exploring with all of our guests is really um, what does your soul's embodied action look like right now? Because like you just said, when you are really feeling your spirit, when you're channeling your spirit, when it's coming through, you're happy, right? And so clearly you're a happy person and you are you know, really out into the world living your soul's embodiment. And so what does that look like for you these days? So just kind of give us a texture of what that looks like in your work and what you do. Okay, so for me, my work is my life. So I don't get up and go to work, I get up and I live. So I, I, I don't, there is no separation for me. At one time I used to think that there was, and then I realized that that is my passion at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So if that's my passion, why would I not wanna do it all the time? So for me, you know, my soul embodiment right now is just being me and being the essence of who I am. You know, many times people talk about your life purpose and people come to me, can you tell me my life purpose? I said, of right. course, let's find what your essence is, right? We all have an essence. We all have like a seed that we came from and that's your essence. And when you know what your essence is, your life purpose is to express your essence. So mm. if my essence is joy, then my life purpose is to just go make joy. Mm. If, someone's, if someone's essence is truth, well, then maybe being in the judicial system and being an attorney or a judge to bring out the truth would be mm. their passion that they would be feeding. They would be feeding 
their joy because they're expressing their essence. So the, again, when it comes to life purpose and being happy, it's, it's when you think about, when you, when you try to say, well, what's my life purpose? Again, you're going into a belief system. Whose agenda is that? Who mm -hmm. wants you to be that? What belief systems say that, well, you should be a healer, you should be a doctor, you should be an attorney. What belief system said that? Where did that really come from? Did that really come from, from, from deep inside of your, of your beingness that says, this is when I feel alive. So the way you know when you were living your life purpose is when you feel alive. It's yeah. really that simple. You don't right. have to yeah. go through all these different programs. Right. You just have to find what makes you alive and then decide you're ready to write your own story. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, just thinking about a lot of things um, while you were talking, those are kind of the conversations that Becky and I love to have with people and especially um, in the different events that we do and how we bring different healers and different modalities together for people to explore, mm -hmm. yes. to see what really resonates mm -hmm. um, for a particular person to really unlock that, right? Because, and, and also I want to hear your perspective on this, but I think if you maybe five years ago had um, said, if you went on, let's just say your Instagram mm -hmm. <laughs> and you yeah. did a live like five uh -huh. years ago right. and you said the world is going to experience a pandemic and shut down and no one's going to go to work and everyone's going to blah, 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 blah right? Whatever fill in the blanks of this experience, this collective experience that we have all had now with the pandemic, right? However, five years ago, if you had said that, people would be like, this woman is nuts, right? No way. I go to the office. This is what I do. I'm a doctor. I'm an attorney. I work for, you know, Citibank. I, you know, teach school. I, right? People, especially I think in the American culture, right? And society, we are so tied to the nine to five work ethic or mm -hmm. productivity, or this is what it has to look like, right? Going into the office, going into work coming home, dealing with family after work and all the things that have to happen around work, right? Mm -hmm. But we were all forced to all of those things existed at home, all together, work, family, relationships, you know, everything, mm -hmm. which caused, I think, this is my just personal opinion, a come to Jesus meeting for a lot of people with their own heart and soul. Right. Yes. Yes. And, yes. you know, I, I actually was talking to a, a woman a couple of months ago and she said, you know, I was sitting at in my apartment in Brooklyn. I had I was on a career path and it was I was sitting there with my cat going. What the hell did I do? What am I doing? I'm a 40 year old woman living in an apartment in Brooklyn with a cat. <laughs> That is like a quick awakening to you're not living in your essential values. Right. So if you understand COVID, we can break COVID down. Every virus has a consciousness. This is scientifically proven, right? So COVID's consciousness was fear. So everybody that had, that was really resonating with fear really had a hard time. Mm. Then others that had no choice but to say, okay, I'm going right through it. You know, there's, there's, there's those people. I'm one of them, right? My, I'm going to fear it. I'm going to, I'm going right at it. And, and we fear ourselves because we were never taught what to do with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic made you face the, the, the worst fear in the indigenous um, belief system. The worst and hardest thing to face is yourself. Mm. It's not, it's, it's not the mad mama bear. It's not even the, the end of a gun. It's yourself. So, so COVID gave us that gift. It gave us the gift of saying, I have to really look at me. I have to look at my life. I have to look at what is, what really truly is making me happy and what's important to me. Right. So, and it shook up a lot of people. I mean, what happens yeah. when you wake up one day and you say, wow, I based my whole life on my children to be a good mother. And I realized, I don't even think I like these kids. You know, I can't return them. What do I do with them now? Yeah. Right. right. Or, or just what parts of yourself did you give up 
for the right. life that you to what, are living. To what you thought, to what you thought was That's right. Be. And how can you get back to those parts of yourself, right? Yeah. Yes. And that's, I love when you said that your essence is joy and that once you kind of get down to what your essence is, that's what you live it out. And that's your purpose. And I'm curious if you could walk us through just a little bit of your story of how you got to the spot where you knew that that was your essence, because I'm assuming, or maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me here that, that it was lost somewhere along the way, or it got a little covered up somewhere along the way. Right. So could you just kind of take us through a little bit of your history of how did you come to the spot where you identified and realized joy is my essence. That's what I'm supposed to be doing in the world. And this is what it's, this is how I'm going to bring it out into the world. Okay. So, um, as a child, I would get in trouble for being so happy. Right, we'd make, we'd make we'd make jokes in school. We'd try to talk to the other children. You'd go home, and your mother tell you, "Can't you just be quiet?" You know, so so all of these external programs started to say, "When you're happy, you're doing something wrong." Hmm. So then, so then, my mind says, "Hey, well then, let me go do something that I get paid to do, where I can make people happy, and then I can feel good." Hmm. So so. So I would choose jobs where I got to make other people happy. And then I wasn't doing anything wrong. Mm. And then one day doing my own work. Balloons just appeared on the screen. <laughs> did you see the balloons? I did just see the balloons. So just no to balloons hit it. Eyes. <laughs> for, for the people who are only listening and not watching, we're all laughing because woo-woo stuff always happens when we record and somehow on zoom but you were not even touching your computer like you're sitting far away from your computer we're all just staring at the screen yeah we're just staring at the screen and all of a sudden balloons just went right up right up over the screen that was the, when you're okay, talking so about joy but when you're talking about making people happy that and 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 that to me is this is when we get messages and if we pay attention we get the message because we get yeah. messages all day long, right? So that was like, celebrate you. Yay, you finally got it. Because yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where those balloons came from. I'm like, what? Where did those come from? <laughs> I didn't do it. Becky didn't, didn't do it. That is, that is just, I love it so much. And, so and this is like, we don't have a producer like doing no. special effects. It's just the three of us here. There's your woo-woo. There's your woo-woo. So you yeah. know, I, I think one of the things I try to do all the time is I try to make, I try to put science behind the woo-woo. Yes, we love that. Just we love that. get people to understand it. Yes. And then there's some woo-woo. There's no understanding. I mean, we can say that it was a glitch in Zoom. We can come up with something to make our mind say it was okay. But the three of us sitting here that just experienced that know that it was woo-woo. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, that this is when you open yourself up and you let yourself be part of all that is, mm -hmm. right? Because everything's just energy. Then energy can work with you. So yeah. when we realize that, it's not like, oh, well, I have to open my third eye and I have to meditate for hours. No, you just have to go inward. However you do that, you might, mm. you might be a runner. You might do it on the treadmill. It, you might do it when you're doing dishes, right? You don't have to necessarily be still to go into your stillness. It's just about going into that place with yourself where when you go inward, you expand outward because we're all made up of energy. Mm -hmm. And as energy, we can expand ourselves into other energy fields. And eventually, if you work in those other energy fields long enough, you can manifest stuff from those energy fields, like the balloons. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so you were right in the middle of telling us how you were choosing professions where you could spread joy because you had always felt that was kind of part of your essence, so, but right. that's a long jump from what you're doing now. So, so okay. carry us along so, the storyline a little bit longer. Okay, so thank you for bringing me back. So, so basically, um, I, I eventually doing my own inner work, found what my own essence was and realized that like it, I love working with people. I love watching their spirit come to life. Whether I worked in a dental office, in a, in a nightclub, it didn't matter. My joy was watching people wake up and see who they really are. 
Mm. You know, I was, I was the one in high school that always went over to the underdog and helped the underdog out. Right. So, so then I aligned that realizing that if, if no matter what job I have, it doesn't have to be being the medicine woman, you know, being, being the, the dental assistant, you know, and, and helping that person in the chair to laugh and be happy when they're afraid to go to the dentist. I was in my essence. I loved the job. I worked in a grocery store when I was a teenager and I talked to all the people that came in. I loved my job. So when, you, when, you, when you're aligned with your essence, it doesn't matter what job you have. You don't have to wait for your dream job to be happy. So once I realized what my essence was then and I opened myself up, life took a turn on its own. I gave birth to a child that was hyperactive that I that I refused to put on on medication that set me on my natural journey of healing medicines and and each person led me to another person that kept saying you have to meet this person you have to meet that person and eventually I traveled around the world and trained under amazing amazing indigenous people mm -hmm. and I learned the indigenous way and that's what I really do so so my story was to do what I love and to so never good. settle. Mm -hmm. So everyone can do what they love. It doesn't matter the job you're doing. It's about finding a way to love it, no, no matter what it is. I love that. Just the whole point of bringing your essence to whatever it is, because That's life's right. going to throw who knows at, I mean, you just Talk have no idea. Yep. Right. You can't plan. You can't plan for, you, you know, perfect conditions to be whatever it is you're supposed to be. And I think that is our challenge, right? It's like, how do we live our essence in difficult times? How do we live our essence in things that are less than optimal as we try to navigate through that and change that, but bringing that essence into everything you do, I, I just think that's great. And how, when you did it, it just continued to lead you to the next right, right. thing and, and the next right person. The other thing is having the power to shift your perception. Yeah. What do you mean by that? So no matter what happens in your life, you, you, don't, you may not have the power to change the situation, but you always have the power at how you're going to look at that situation. Mm -hmm. So again, I teach people that struggles are not struggles, they're opportunities. So, you know, so if, if you get up and, 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 and the pipe breaks or there's no heat and this and all these things start happening, right? It's you go, oh, dear Lord, this is a struggle. What do you mean? And then you go, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is my opportunity. I'm going to prove to myself I can do this. And you and all of a sudden you do it, you get through it and you're like, yeah, I feel great. Yeah. So, you know, life is like working out in a gym, right? The days that you push harder and you really think you can't do, you know, that last curl is is the curl that's going to make you what you want to be. So when we can, when we realize it, just shift that perception. Okay, this person's being a jerk. I'm going to use them as my teacher. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see. I'm going to use them as my mirror. Whatever it is, don't you don't have to sit and and take it the way it is. All you have to do is shift. They never have to change. Yeah, and that's the magic in life. Yeah, knowing the power in your perception. And, you know, you don't just wake up one day and easily say, okay, so I'm going to change my perception and everything. Right, exactly. You know, this is, this is, this is spiritual work. This is work. It's work. That's right. And this yeah. is saying, hey, I'm going to. And also, work. not to interrupt you, but I think this is really um, something that I want to throw out there and, and hear from you on is consistency, right? I mean, there are some days where yes, you're on top of it and you, you want to, you know, tackle your mindset or your perception, or, you know, you don't want that to be your story anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But things will happen. Stuff will creep in. All of a sudden you may notice like, oh man, that is that old pattern that I always do when I get upset or angry or, you know, someone's being mm -hmm. a jerk to me or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, so talk about consistency, like, so, you know, there's the shift so, when it's so, happening, but how absolutely. do you like stay there? <laughs> right. So this is how you stay there. Okay. So the trick to, to being your best potential, the trick to you being in your happiness, whatever that is for you is self-care. 
So we have four pillars to self-care and I can't stress how important they all are. Let me so get a pen. Have- Let me get a pen. Hold I on. Okay. <laughs> I just got mine. Now, do you hear me click my pen open? Okay. Hold on. This so is a note-taking have- episode. Have our- Number we one. Phys- we have our physical body. Mm-hmm. We have our emotional body. We have our mental body and we have our spiritual body. Yes. And what you want to do is you want to make not routine. You want to make ritual. So routine is what we do every day. Ritual is putting an intent to your routine. Yes. We love rituals. So, so something as simple as saying, okay, so my new ritual is every time I cook, I'm going to light a candle first. I'm going to wash my hands and wash away all the stress of the day. Cause I don't want it going in my food. I'm going to put mm. on music to make me happy. And now I'm going to cook dinner. Now you didn't put all the stress of your day into the food for the rest of your family to eat. That's the difference between a ritual and a routine. Ooh, and I like that. that. Does, and what that does is that, and this is just like a simple example is it, it, it makes you think about what's the, what, what would be the best food to cook, right? So your, 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 the physical's covered, right? Emotionally, you just shift it. You lit the candle, you put the music on, you shifted the emotions. Then you cleared your mind just by clearing everything out. And now your spirit can say, okay, now I'm ready to be okay with this. Mm. Doesn't matter what happened today. That's what a ritual, a routine says, I come home, I cook dinner, I, I, I do the dishes, I, I put my kids to bed, and then I'm mad at how hard I work. That's a routine, right? A ritual says, no, wait a minute, let me do something. Let me turn on that light switch that makes me present, that says, I can do this and enjoy it. No matter what the rest of my day looked like, I can change that story right now by having a ritual instead of a routine. So when we start to bring intention to every place in your life, you start to get continuity. And mm-hmm. of course, all of us, me included, will things will start to be forgotten, just like a routine. You mm-hmm. start going to the gym, you miss a day here, you miss a day there. Next thing you know, you didn't go for two months. The same thing can happen. So what do you do? You wanna keep a journal, and each day you wanna write in your journal how you feel and what you've done. And then all of a sudden, one day that journal is just going to kind of like find its way to you go, oh, yeah, I forgot. I haven't been writing in that. And oh, yeah, I guess I haven't been doing my rituals. And oh, yeah, I've been a hot mess for the past two months. Oh, let me get back to that. I'm laughing because I just did that this morning. (laughs) I opened up my, I opened my, I literally had keep a journal and I opened it up and I was like, well, where's my 2024 journal? Like, I, I surely I have it somewhere. I hadn't even started it yet. And I was like, wait, what? It is the ninth. How have I not written in my journal since uh-huh. the year started? So I, I love that you just brought that right. Something yeah. I like to say about journals is that there's there's two, two major things to them. One is there's the power of the pen. Mm-hmm. So whenever you write stuff down, you give it power and you also have the ability to release and change just with the power of the pen. Yes. And then there's the people that like don't want to write stuff down because you live in a house with a whole bunch of people and moving parts. And you don't want anyone seeing your deepest innermost innermost feelings written out. So for those people, I say, don't keep that kind of journal. For those people, I say, write out stuff and burn it, throw it away, rip it up, but always write it out. But a journal that just says that you write down how I feel today, like I have clients do this and they're like, they wake up and they go, well, how am I supposed to know how I feel? I don't even know that we are so numb to our feelings that we don't even know how we feel. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I give them cards to pull so they can know what emotions they're, they're waking up from or what emotions are going to be using throughout the day. And then they can change them if they want or use them in, 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 in a, in a positive way. Then when you have, when you start to write in your journal that your emotional state, your mental state, your physical state and your spiritual state, then you know what you have to do hmm. with your rituals if, 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 if something isn't working. So hmm. something is just writing down those four things every day is how do I feel emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually? And it doesn't even have to be a sentence. It can only be a few words. That will help you to stay on track. We have busy lives. Not everybody has the luxury to play out in the woods and sit by the river. And, you know, we want to do that in our mind, but you know, there's children, there's jobs, there's, there's houses, there's parents to take care of. There's lots of moving parts. Yes. You can keep a, if you can keep a journal of just how do I feel and what am I doing about it today? 
What I love about that is, um, you know, we call it woo woo in the real world for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. That we can't always be in the woo (laughs) and we can't let the external real world take us over, right? And so what I love about what you just said is that it really is very practical Mm -hmm. um, and that the, the benefit of it is, and also, you know, we talk about everyday mindfulness a lot here. And also like, I truly am passionate. That is my joy about, you know, helping other people discover what that means for them in Mm -hmm. a way that they are more present in their own lives. Right. And so what I love about what you just took us through um, is just very tangible ways that you can create rituals for yourself to make yourself more present and to really start to think about what matters in your own life, because we just, we, as you know, this autopilot thing that happens, um, you know, again, you know, it saves us from this fight or flight response that I think as you know, people were just so conditioned to, Mm -hmm. um, but giving, you know, we're not saying like, as you said, you can't spend time in the woods, but we're all probably doing dishes and making a meal. (laughs) Or loading the dishwasher, or we all still have to put our dirty underwear in the washing machine. If you can turn all of those into something different with an intention, then you're living your woe. Exactly. There's been many times in my life where I was working, raising children, taking care of parents. They're what? Meditate? Are you kidding me? I barely could take a shower. You think I'm going to meditate? Exactly. Okay, exactly. so, so that's when we have to do practical things like take your soap, take your shampoo and make a heart on your hand and then shampoo some love into your hair, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and meditate on the toilet, whatever you have to do to make it work. And that's when we, when we can shift things to being in that place of, we don't separate sacred and mundane. Mm-hmm. Life should yeah. be sacred and there that's should right. be no mundane. That's right. So yeah. if, we can change, if we can, if we can shift our, 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 our intentions, you can make everything sacred. And then even when you have those bad days, you're going to, you're going to bounce right back from them. That's right. Yeah. We That's all, so you know good. What? Again, you know, we, we, we create struggles, we create struggles so we can grow. So if we have no struggles, then we're not growing. Mm-hmm. So I want to dive into a little bit of, um, because I do think it's so fascinating and, um, you know, we touched on it a little bit in the beginning of the conversation, but clearly, um, this is a big embodied action for you. Um, and I, I want to, for, for our listeners who, and particularly those who have been with us now, this is season three, right? Um, I want to get to the heart of, what truly, when you talk about um, indigenous and when you talk about, um, you know, this bringing this ancient wisdom into your work as a healer, mm-hmm. what exactly does that mean? Mm-hmm. Part A of the question. Okay. Part B of the question is, I am a big fan of light language. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe you speak light language. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Um, and so if you could also just talk about some of these other languages, um, whether they come from the lineages that you have studied, or if they, they're coming from somewhere else, right? But there is this thing that happens where your soul understands what's happening, but it doesn't sound like anything that we have ever heard. And our mind is just like, what is going on here? But your soul is completely understanding what's happening, right? So if you could just kind of touch on those two things, but because we also haven't talked about light language um, on the show yet. So I would love to introduce that as a, as a, um, as a topic for this okay. conversation and get your perspective on that too. Okay, so I'll start with indigenous. So when I say that I'm I'm bringing forth the wisdom of the ancients, it's bringing forth the wisdom of all of our ancestors. So, and for different people, it will be different, right? Right. Yes. So, so but what we're what you're really doing is you're going back to basics, and you're taking the basics, but you're transforming them into the modern times. So something as simple as meditation, 
right? Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, our ancestors meditated for days and weeks to get, to get the same results that we get in 10 minutes, right? But we still want to know the importance. We may not have to do it for 10 hours. We may only do it for 20 minutes, but we want to integrate that back in or something as simple as prayer. Okay, so, so many have lost the touch with prayer. You know, they think they have to say special words or, but, but yet our ancestors spoke to, to, to great spirit all the time, all of our ancestors. And so, so these are the things that we bring back in. And I, and I teach people why. So like prayer changes your frequency, changing your frequency changes everything around you. So just learning how to connect with the moon, right? The moon, the moon dictates our, our emotions, just like it dictates the, 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 the waters of the ocean, it dictates our emotions. So when you learn to work with that, you learn to be in balance with it. When, you know, when you learn that, that in, you know, the different seasons and what you do in each season, what you're doing is you're just weaving yourself into the flow of life. You know, so when do I start something new? When do I let something go? When do I really have that time to go inward? You know, why do we celebrate holidays in the winter? These are all things of our ancestors that we want to bring back because we got so busy trying to be our best potential through materialistic and what can we manifest? Right. That, that, that we've, that that's only taking us farther away from the true potential. Just sit right here. You don't have to do anything. Just be you and be what you want to be and let it all come to you if you learn the ancient ways. Right. And then everything being made up of energy, we, we, we work with frequency, right? Because energy is just a frequency and different frequencies. Each one of us has our own, our own frequency. Then we have a healthy frequency and an unhealthy frequency. And then we have lots of higher frequencies. So when you start to 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 talk in tongues or to or to bring in light language what you're actually doing is it's just like you use a tuning fork and you tune in a a piano there are people that have connected with that part of their being from their ancestors that they can they can use their voice and they can use different light languages to change the frequency of another human being to uplift them to bring them to align them with whatever work they're doing. So if I'm doing work with someone that's that's working on self-love or self-worth, I will do an alignment for that. If someone's going through a divorce or someone just you know lost a loved one, I can align them for some support for the emotions that they have to go through through that process. Mm -hmm. So light language, you know, many people say, oh, it's the light language from the Arcturians or from the Syrians or from this one, it's that one. And what I say is take, take away the ego of where it's from and who can do it. And let's just talk about what it does. Mm -hmm, exactly. Just experience it, feel it and see how it works for you. Mm -hmm. Take the woo woo out of it. Right. It, it doesn't have to be woo woo. I mean, this is why, you know, like the Greek Orthodox still chant mm -hmm. because chants change frequency. So, so Everything that we have done in our lives has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we step back and we ask and we seek, we'll find the purpose. And then you'll start to realize, why did I ever stop doing that? Right. Wow. But also trust it, right? Because when you, and when you do that and you're on that journey, you may get an answer that feels so foreign to yourself. Like you wouldn't recognize yourself, right? Right. Like, it's like so you trust, have to trust it. Like, trust it in the balloons. <laughs> trust exactly. in the balloons. Trust in the balloons. So I, I think when it comes to, to spiritual work, trusting yourself is everything. Mm. It's, it's the hardest part, but it's, it's the whole journey. The whole journey is you're constantly being tested to say, trust yourself. Just trust yourself. And so many times people will get messages, don't go down that block, don't get on that highway. And you get on anyways, oh, I knew there was gonna be traffic here. Well, if you knew, why didn't you trust yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I knew I shouldn't have gone on that date. All of those are just little messages to yourself to start listening to yourself. Yeah. 
Yourself okay. knows. It's all in there. Haven't we heard that before? It's all yes, in here, yes. right? And what light language does, it mm -hmm. helps to peel off all of those beliefs that don't let you say, hey, I know. Mm. Interesting. So light language, the more we uplift, the more expanded we become, the more expanded we become, the more aware we become. It's all about consciousness. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad Tammy brought that up because I don't, I don't know a lot about light language. I have mm -hmm. seen people channel it before. And so I, I guess I have two questions about it. One is that when I've heard people channel it, it right. sounds um, familiar from one to another. So is there a familiarity or is there some um, common, I don't know, like sound or um, like, is it a real, is it a structured language or is it different for each person that speaks it? It's right. That's correct. It's different. And there's different things that they speak. Okay. So sometimes you're speaking what's called Vril, which is like the first language. So it's not even a language and it's not words. And most of the time when you're, when you're toning, it's not words. Hmm. It's, it's frequencies that you're, that you're doing. Right. And it could sound like you're singing. It could sound like animals, but it's really just, you know, it's coming from your soul and your soul is connected to, you know, everything out there. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, sometimes it's connected to, again, when we talk about our ancestors, our ancestors, our ancestors aren't just from this planet. You know, we have ancestors that go far beyond and, and, and light language is one of the things that we bring through from our ancestors. Okay. So my second question then is how did you start channeling light language? How did you know what it was? I mean, what was that process I had no like? Clue. I had no clue. So um, first and foremost, my main teachers are all from the other side. So most of the information that I share with the world came from, from out here somewhere. The teachers that I had that were physical in this plane were teachers that taught me how to how to build myself enough to go to that plane. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> so, um, well, do you remember the first experience maybe that you had to, to Becky's point where you like really, how did you know that you could do yeah. it? I guess my first experience, I was working with one of my teachers that was teaching me how to channel. And she had me laying on a table and I started flopping around like a fish out of water. <laughs> and I, my body was just flopping so much. I mean, literally my socks went flying off the table. I mean, it was really, and you couldn't possibly like voluntarily make those movements. And, and so that was the beginning of getting my body ready. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I had a group of people together and, um, and sounds just started coming out and I'm like, okay, just go with it. You know, like, <laughs> and when I was done, everyone was crying. Everyone was like, like totally changed that day. I'm like, gee, I don't know what that was, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I was always that fearless one where don't ask questions, just keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, when I would see was all the time. And a lot of times they would tell me that like, I'm like, well, who am I talking to? Like, aren't I supposed to know who I'm talking to? And they said, you're not ready to know yet. Because you have to get your ego out of the way. If you if you don't get your ego out of the way, then like I could just sit here and make noises, it's not going to change anything. Mm -hmm. So it's about getting yourself to a place where your vessel is so clean that 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 those light languages can come through because those light languages are, are 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 very 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 high frequency so again when we talk about frequencies you know if the average person is let's just give it a number it's like 200 right someone that does a lot of spiritual work might be at like 400 someone that's gonna gonna be able to to bring forth light language is like at a 700 and beyond mm-hmm so once you get to that place, it just comes through for you. 
Interesting. So for, for people who are maybe skeptical, right, that are listening and they're like, okay, wait a second. I was with you guys until you took this little turn <laughs> with light. Like, I was all ready to light a candle when I was yeah. going to cook my dinner tonight. Exactly. Okay. okay. So what but, I'm going to so, say is truthfully, all my work is practical. <laughs> right. It seems yeah. very practical, yeah. but th that's why so, I wanted to so kind when of. When it comes to, to like light language or people channeling, you know, like there's people that will sit and I mean, and I've done that. I can do that where you sit in another, another entity comes through and speaks through you. I always tell people, take what resonates with you and leave the rest. Right. If yeah. it's not for you, then don't take it. And if someone is, you know, is doing a crystal bowl healing or they're doing a meditation and all of a sudden somebody's light language starts coming through, you have a choice to take it or not. So yeah. I'm not comfortable with that. And I have spent many, many, many times in my life where I was like, uh, I'm not comfortable with that. You have to leave now. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not ready for that. So trust in yourself. Mm. There'll always be another chance. If yeah. something doesn't feel right for you, then maybe it's not for you. So, so, you know, I can give as best as I can a scientific, you know, bringing it through vibration and frequencies and tuning forks. You know, I can give you that explanation, but if you're not comfortable with that, then I say, don't do it. Yeah. I guess a tag on to that question is if there's someone who's feeling like that sounds interesting to me and I, I'm curious about how I would know how to trust myself if something like that comes through, I mean, I, I, I think maybe training. that's the thing. That takes, that would okay. be, I would tell okay. them to come and get training from me Okay. because it's not that it won't come through you, but there's a lot of things that you have to know how to take care of your own vessel. That's right. Mm -hmm. But it happen automatically and you don't know what to do afterwards. You know, you can, you can end up in a lot of trouble. I mean, people right. end up with kidney failure, a lot of, a lot of beautiful, amazing light workers, you know, all, all we lost them to kidney failure because nobody ever taught them how to take care of their vessel, how to take mm -hmm. care of their body so that wouldn't happen. Wow. That's right. Yeah, see, that's, that's interesting. That's fascinating. That as well, for sure. Yeah. That, you know, people say, oh, I'm a healer now. I'm a healer. Mm -hmm. But they don't actually know how to tend to their own physical their own body. Themselves. The physical yes. body as well can break Absolutely. down, which Absolutely. you just confirmed with that story. So it's really- again, again, what I tell all my students is we all have this invisible medicine bag, whether you want to be a medicine person or not. We all have one. Your mama has one, your dad has one, everyone has one, right? And everything you do in your life goes in that medicine bag. It's now medicine. It's medicine to be shared. And that's the way of the ancestors is, oh, yeah, well, I had that happen with my car and that's how you fix it. That's medicine, right? That's right. Oh, I had my gallbladder. That's medicine, right? So you put all these things in your, in, in your medicine bag. As a healer, there's many people out there now, you know, they're taking these weekend courses and it's dangerous mm -hmm. because, exactly. they, because they haven't learned what to do with it. It's like giving your kid a Mercedes. So you're turning on these different parts of their beingness, but they haven't done their own work. Mm -hmm. yeah. To all the people out there listening that want to be healers or that are healers, make certain you've done your work. And we do our work till the day we die. That's why we're here. That's right. Make certain that you don't try to go beyond and, and, and check in with your ego all the time. Start by saying, why do I want to be a healer? You know, do I want to heal because, because I want to be great? Do I want to heal? Oh, because I want, I don't want other people to suffer. I say, I like to heal because it makes me happy. That's real. There's no ego in that. So, so you have to go through and you bring yourself through process until there's no more ego. And then when there's no ego, then everything just, then it, then you can, every person that you need and everything that's required, mm -hmm. the universe will bring it to you. Mm -hmm. I, I never sought out any of my teachers. They would just show up, even mm -hmm. in the middle of the woods. I was, I was hiking in Machu Picchu. I, I, I took a group there a few months ago. And we are, here we are in the middle of the woods, hiking to find this waterfall. And out of nowhere, this man appears, and he's a medicine man. <laughs> and, you know, we're, and we're having this whole great conversation. We did ceremony with him. Like, they just show up, literally. But you gotta, you gotta do your own work. If you don't, then you're gonna go forward with ego and you're only gonna get this far and you're never gonna get any farther. Right. So eventually we all have to check our ego at the door.
Yes. Yeah. And you need someone to help you do that. Like you said, you have to kind of oh, yeah. <laughs> get training. You need help to learn how to carry and hold that in your vessel. So I think that's great. Thank you for, for, for going down that path with me, because I think sometimes people see like quote healers everywhere. And then it's kind of like, well, how do I know if they're actually like for something like light language where there's, how do I know what they're saying is actually <laughs> accurate or helpful or, you know, like some Listen people might be smart. No matter yeah. who it is, whether it's a healer, a doctor, an attorney, always go back and say, what does that feel like to me? Mm. Does that feel good in there? If it doesn't feel mm. good, in there, take it out. Mm. It's not for you. It may be the greatest thing in the world for somebody else. Right. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like we could definitely talk to you for hours upon hours. Um, this has been really amazing. And I think one of the things I love is you're right here in our community. <laughs> so, you know, if I ever need to reach out to you, you're not too far away. But for anybody else listening, um, just give a little overview in terms of how people um, can connect with you. But more importantly, if you have anything coming up that you think might be of interest, if, you know, someone's saying, hey, this is really resonating. Okay, so you can reach me, you can go on my website at teachingspirit.com. Or you can also text me at 914-243-0957. And and we can set up a discovery call. You can talk to me about what you're looking for, what you'd like to do. Uh, as you mentioned, I offer a lot of things. I have individual retreats for people where it's just you and me one-on-one -on -one and, I, and I customize the whole thing to whatever's going on in your life. And I have other medicine people that have trained under me that, will, that you can also work with. Then I have group retreats that I do where I travel around the world. I just, I, this year, I think I did Peru, Panama, Greece and a Florida trip. So those are my four trips this year. And um, if you're interested in doing- What do you have coming up for 2024 in terms of retreats? I don't right now. I had one, I had a trip to South America that was coming up and we were going to Iguazu Falls and they had a huge rain and it washed out the walkways to the falls mm. and, and all the surrounding hotels. So we had to put that, we don't have, an, we don't have a date set for that yet. Gotcha. And then we also have, um, we have a retreat that we do down in Florida. We have a women's wellness and beauty retreat that, mm -hmm. I, that, I, that I do with, with one of my partners. And I believe we're doing another Peru and another Panama trip. And I should be doing a um, we're, we're, I'm also in the middle of putting together, I work with a fitness instructor and we do a, a, a spiritual and physical fitness in, in Athens, Greece, which is just a blast. Mm. So if anyone is interested in any of those, just get in touch with me and I will send you the information. All of my groups are pretty small. We really mm -hmm. don't do more than 20 so that we can, we can really give everyone their own individualized attention but we always have a great time. It's all about. The That's amazing. Well, maybe you'll join us in Costa Rica. I we'll would love, there. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. That sounds great. Sounds really good. Amazing. Becky, do you have any other questions for Vasiliki? Of course I do, but we don't I have know. time for all of that. I feel like we could have, I want to have a whole nother conversation. We need part about two. Part exactly. Two. Yes. Healing in a nightclub. Would you like a quick blessing? Would you like a quick blessing? For we'll those? always take a blessing. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. We'll do that quick, okay. So I'm just gonna invite everyone to close your eyes and feel the breath going in through your nose and out through your mouth, just cleansing away any unwanted energy, any stress or tension of the day. And as you just use your simple breath, we're going to bring in a little light language to bring in some rays of light. We'll start with a beautiful white light of the divine to cleanse you. And just allow, do not have any expectations. If you have any part of your beingness that's calling to be healed, you can bring that forth at this time.
Love from my heart to yours. Thank you, ladies. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share. Thank you so much. I enjoyed that conversation. And um, wow, we covered quite the scope here today. So thank you for joining us. Thank Until you. next time, that's woo-woo in the real world. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.